Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. As an e-commerce merchant, you know just how important easy and secure payments are. With today's sponsor, Payoneer, you can get paid by a variety of marketplaces in multiple foreign currencies, just as if you had a local bank account. You can also pay your suppliers and VAT directly from your earnings. Receiving and making international payments has never been so simple. And with the Payoneer mobile app, it's even easier. Do your online store or business a favor and register today at payoneer.com forward slash amazing FBA. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers. Today, I'm talking to Walid Shazad of ShipHype. ShipHype is a fulfillment center for e-commerce businesses. There's a bit of a difference from the usual podcast because instead of being in the UK or Canada, Walid's actually coming to us from Toronto, Canada, which is a bit cool. So welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Michael. So how's life in Canada treating you? We're talking in late November 2020. Is, are you sort of still experiencing lockdowns and strange restrictions like that? Yeah, lockdown. We had a lockdown starting Monday. It's not to the point where you got to stay in your house, right? But a lot of the restaurants and a lot of those places are closed. You have to actually place the order ahead of time and then curbside pickup. Where people are making it work, but cases are still going up. I think uh, it's very similar across the rest of the world. How, how is it for yourself? Yeah, pretty similar. In England specifically, not the whole of the UK is kind of splitting into bits more and more, it seems. And the UK is not got a unified policy at the moment. But the England is in lockdown until next week. So at the time of uh, recording, well, by the time people hear this, it'll probably be out of lockdown. But again, what does lockdown mean? You can leave your house. Quite a lot of things seem to be open, schools, or universities, whatever. But a lot of shops are shut now. Some of them will be opening next week, but it's it's all nuances. It's not black and white, but it's certainly very much the case that I think a lot of people are going to be doing e-commerce shopping rather than shopping in person. So that trend is not changing. So coming back to e-commerce then. So the first thing we're going to talk about in this show, I think is a pretty simple one, but it's an important one to think through for a lot of people have been spoiled by using FBA only if they're Amazon sellers. And the name of uh, the podcast that originally started Amazing FBA indeed reflects that but it's not the only way to sell on amazon so why would you need a 3pl first of all if you're an amazon seller so when you're an amazon seller you're using the fba model you are using a 3pl so amazon in that case is storing your goods and shipping it out for you right and amazon is essentially a 3pl right and 3pl just stands for third-party logistics and a fulfillment center is basically a type of a 3pl and what the main reason you need the 3pl for is because you're running out of resources. So let's say your business is growing and now you don't have, you see that you don't have enough time to actually fulfill these orders. Your business is growing so fast, so you can't keep up with it. And you want to, you know, it's one of those tasks when you're packing boxes and putting things into shipping, uh, shipping boxes, but you're, there's no learning in that. You know what I mean? So as you're scaling your business, you want to spend more time in finding more customers, the marketing side, find more suppliers, all of these things. So it's easy to outsource fulfillment and that's why that's probably the number one reason why you need a 3PL. And 
I, like I mentioned, when you're using the FBA model, you are using Amazon as a 3PL. But in cases where, let's say you're selling on Shopify or selling on WooCommerce or you know, your own online store, or even when you're doing Amazon, but you're doing FBM and you don't want to be the one actually packing the orders to ship to the customers, Fulfillment uh, Center is an ideal solution for you. It makes total sense. And by the way, thank you for unpacking a, a three-letter abbreviation, which I have a rule on the podcast. None of those, and I immediately thinking guiltily, damn, I didn't say what 3PL is. So third-party logistics. And as you correctly point out, and I've I not heard anyone say it that way before, third party just means it's not me and it's not you it's somebody else so if it's not you in your business and it's not your customer then somebody else is doing your fulfillment for you. and you're quite right that amazon fulfillment center is a third party logistics space and i guess we can forget that because it comes bundled in with and mentally in our heads we bundle it in with the amazon selling platform and of course they're separate things aren't they and as you've rightly said and then of course i, I really like your point that yeah, if you've got a Shopify store, there's no learning to be had by taping up a box. Once you've done it properly a few times, there's no learning curve. There's no value in that. So, yeah, get get it off your plate is the right thing to do. Tell me a bit about the FBA prep center side of things, because obviously a lot of people do send stuff into FBA. So why bother using a prep center? Why not just do it yourself and save the money? So pretty much for the exact same reasons, right? After about 10 to 20 hours of prepping boxes and all of that, you've learned everything about it. You've mastered how to pack a box and you're probably even your, your speed is going to be the same when you're at 20 hours of you know working versus when you're at 100 hours working right and it's just as your business is scaling like i mentioned before right you don't have the time for these things so you have two options at this point one is to hire staff right where you can hire staff who can help you do these things or you can hire a prep center why i like hire why i think people should go towards the prep center is because when you hire staff right you also have to consider that there's time required to manage the staff it's not that you hire staff and now everything's on autopilot, right? So you have to actually manage staff as well. And you might find sometimes that when, you, when you're hiring staff, the time that you thought you would save, you end up spending that on managing them. And then there's other problems that come with it too, like liability issues and all of that. And a lot of people who are Amazon sellers usually get started outside from their house, right? They're putting items in their garage or their apartment, wherever they're. And as their business grows, they're running out of space. They don't have enough space to do all of this. And depending on where they live, they might even get fined for getting so many shipments. And, and another reason is a lot of Amazon sellers do have full-time jobs or they're doing something else while their Amazon business is running. And when they're actually having deliveries come in, they might not even be at home, right? So it's one of those components, which is just so easy to outsource. And when it comes to prep centers specifically, right? When you're selling on Amazon, you have to, you have to prepare the goods a certain way before sending them into Amazon, right? Now you could ship them in directly by yourself or have the prep center do, do it for you. Now, why a prep center is so key for, for example, international sellers, right? Let's say you're living in the UK and you want to sell on amazon.com, right? You could ship your orders directly to Amazon, but there's limitations on how many pieces you can keep on Amazon. Now, let's say as a new seller, you can only keep 200 units of a SKU. Your 200 units shipping that international, right? One is might just not be it's 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 going to take a long time to ship, right? First of all, and second is it's going to be expensive versus if you're shipping thousands of pieces and the cost gets divided up between the units. So, if you ship all of those pieces in bulk to a prep center, and every time the stock sells out, you could just have the prep center replenish inventory to Amazon. They'll be able to get the replenishment within one or two days, right? Because you're going to find a prep center close to the Amazon fulfillment center you're using. And second, your cost per unit just went down so much. So those are all 
multiple, those are all reasons to why prep centers are in business and why people uh, should look into them. Excellent. So I really like what you're saying here. I mean, this is not a profound insight that, that nobody knows, but it's just one of those things that people need to become willing to value their time more than money now versus the, the overall system to produce money, right? So if you if your speed and accuracy is going to be the same after 100 hours of doing something as it is 20, there is pretty much zero sort of marginal gain in you doing it for longer than 20 hours before you've learned exactly how you do it. You make a list. And then if you say you can hire staff uh, to do it, because there is no excuse for doing that, really. And, and one of the promises of this business model that we all get, get pitched into, at least I did, and most people that come to me for coaching seem to have done, which is winning back time to time freedom, right? And there's no time freedom. If Amazon sells a lot of stuff, you're going to have to send a lot of stuff into Amazon, aren't you? And if you're doing that yourself, you're not in time freedom. You're trapped in a crappy job. <laughs> it's just packing boxes. So that's the first thing I would absolutely endorse that. And particularly for the more advanced sellers listening, please stop doing mundane jobs yourself. You will never grow your business. End of lecture. <laughs> but the second thing is when you say hiring staff, I mean, I'm not saying people shouldn't, but just went through a process with my fellow podcaster, Jason Miles, on our, our sort of sister podcast to this, the, the e-commerce leader, which is for all e-commerce sellers, not just Amazon. And we went through, I think, about eight episodes recently of how to deal with just the basics of hiring. You've got to come up with a team structure. You've got to figure out how to hire people. You've got to do interviews. You've got to find the right people to interview. Then you've got to onboard them. Then you've got to train them. Then you've got to monitor their work. And then in some cases, you've got to fire people. It's a lot of work. And I'm not saying it isn't appropriate for a lot of people. But as you say, the third party ready to go prep center is the obvious answer. And particularly for international sellers, trying to get your own team on the ground in America or wherever in, in North America or where, anywhere outside your home country is a bit of a nightmare. So... I'm banging the drum for this because not because I particularly want to bring you work, Willie, although you seem like a nice guy, but for the listener, you should not be doing mundane stuff for more time than it takes you to figure out what the job is and to write the job spec because otherwise you're never going to grow your business. And that's what I'm going to have to say about that. So tell me, tell me a bit more about the FBA prep size. What sort of errors do you see in people sending stuff into Amazon in a state that Amazon is not going to like it? Sorry, can you just rephrase that? Yeah. So what errors do you see when people send stuff into Amazon in not prepared or what sort of classic mistakes do people need to avoid when they're sending stuff into FBA? So the very first time, right, this issue happens more so for, you know, the people who are selling, sending things into Amazon for the first time. And it's really crucial for those guys, too, because Amazon might just, you know, ban them outright for for having for not having a perfect account, right? They might be sending in goods like let's say somebody's selling sending batteries, right? Or items with batteries, then there's a certain way batteries need to be packaged. There's certain labels you need on the outside of the box. There's also uh, restrict there's also ways to tell Amazon what they are sending. So when people are creating the shipping plan, right, they also have to provide the box content. So they have to mention exactly what is inside each box and they have to have the F and SKU labeling done correctly. Those are the usually the biggest problems. And also the box sizes. So if you're shipping a box to Amazon, it cannot be more than 25 inches in one, bigger than 25 inches on one side. And that's only for items that are have multiple units inside the box. So a lot of the times people don't even know that because Amazon does have these instructions on their website, right? But a lot of people don't bother reading them. And when you're using a prep center, something like that is never going to happen. It does make sense. And again, it's a question of sort of outsourcing the minutiae, isn't it? And I'm not saying people shouldn't take care of details in their business. But yeah, if you don't want to get involved in the minutiae, I guess you should probably do both about it, really. So tell us quickly about your service then. Obviously, you have a prep center in Toronto. I believe you got one in, in America as well. Where's that one? 
that one's in uh, Los Angeles, specifically in Long Beach, California. Fantastic. So tell us about what you guys do for, for FBA prep and for third party fulfillment as well. So uh, usually when the clients come to us, they know exactly what they want, right? Because depending on who the client is, they might actually have the FNC labeling done already, or they just, and in that case, they just need us to forward packages over. But other clients, they might need us to do bundling. They might ask us to do FNC labeling or pull bag their items. So all of those services are available and some people need us to actually prepare the master cases. But for majority of the clients, right, what we tell them to do, and we tell them this, and it actually makes us less money when they do it like this. We tell them, hey, contact your manufacturer and see if your manufacturer is willing to do the FNSQ labeling for you, because that's actually a big cost of the part of the FBA prep. And if they can have the manufacturer or distributor do that for them ahead of time for free, they'll be able to save so much money, right? And also so much time because uh, because if the manufacturer can do this, then it, that means that it doesn't need to be done at a secondary step. And this is something they can keep in mind whether they're using a prep center or not. Even if you are you know, at your own house and prepping your own orders, ask your manufacturer to do it. A lot of them won't, but a lot of them will. And once the packages do come into us, we store them. And every time people need to replenish the stock, we forward the cartons over to Amazon. And yeah, whether it's freight services they need or they're buying the Amazon label online through Amazon, we'll give it to UPS. Excellent. And that makes you think as well, what is your what are your thoughts about going directly from a manufacturer or a supplier or a factory to Amazon? But do you think that's advisable? Do you think it's inadvisable? So it is definitely advisable, but it doesn't apply to most people because like you know, Amazon have limits, right, on how many pieces you can keep for each unit. And unless you know you keep making less than two hundred units, then it's probably not a good idea. But if you if you have no limits, right? If you're an established seller and Amazon loves you, which is not the case for most of the sellers, this wouldn't apply. But if it does apply to you, then yeah, do it. Yeah. And I guess the only thing I would say is that I'd probably be personally more comfortable with a, a pre-shipment, inspe- a post-shipment inspection, I should say, i.e. probably get it sent to a prep center like yourselves before shipping into Amazon if it's a new product or a new supplier, particularly a new supplier. So to make sure that they've actually uh, adhered to what they promised, which is to say that they've they've got the packaging and the labeling up to Amazon specifications because the reason I'd say that is very simple if you get it into the Amazon system and it's badly labeled or mislabeled it'll take two months to sort out in my experience it's a nightmare is is that really your experience as well do you get customers coming to you to sort that sort of thing out yeah sometimes this is a big issue right they want to make sure like 100% accuracy is what they want because Mm -hmm. you miss one you make one mistake and it ruins your entire shipment right and uh, honestly, it's not too hard, right? Like I, what I tell people is even before you hire a prep center, right? Make sure you understand the process because when you're talking to a prep center, you want to know what you're talking about. It's almost the same as when you're hiring somebody. You you can't just tell them, hey, go read this page and go do this, right? It's better if you've done the job before so that because they are going to have questions no matter how easy the job is or how good your instructions are. At some point, there's going to be instru- there's going to be questions. And if you're not in a position to answer those questions, right? then you're not, it's, it's just mismanagement. And same thing when you're hiring a prep center, you should know how to do, do the job yourself, because let's say in the event that you can find a prep center, you can always rely on yourself. Good point. And I think that comes to the um, phrase, delegate, 
don't abdicate. So in other words, you should know how to do a job before you give it to somebody else to do. And and even if it's an agency where you can expect more sort of initiative and, and ready-made processes and everything else, nevertheless, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right on that. So I think everyone should do it. It's that first 20 hours, as you said. Uh, I think you put your finger on it. You should probably do a mundane, boring job for at least 10 hours so you know exactly what's involved. And then you should not be doing it. If you're doing it at 10, if you haven't done 10 hours, you probably shouldn't be delegating. If you haven't delegated over 100 hours, shame on you, get it off your desk. So that's great stuff. Well, look, thanks, Wally. Any, any other final thoughts? Um, we're going to talk in the next episode about fulfillment, which is a different thing, FBM. But any sort of third party logistics use of, you know, prep center getting into FBA, any final thoughts on that? Yeah. So what's important when looking for a prep center is location, right? Now, if Amazon send, if Amazon's telling you you're going to use the fulfillment center in Moreno, LA, California, right? Then you want to find a prep center in California. But if you're doing, for example, online arbitrage, and when you're ordering items online, and they're going to be shipped to a prep center, you want to find a prep center which has, uh, which is in a state where there's no tax, right? Because then you're paying that additional ten percent or thirteen uh, percent, whatever it is in tax, so you get to avoid that, and. Those are some things people should keep in mind. And besides that, when you're hiring a prep center, definitely reach out to them, right? And ask them all the questions you have. They'll, they've answered these questions a hundred times, so they should have the answers for them. And email them, see if they even reply back, right? Because the communication when before you're a customer, right, is going to be a good reflection of how the customer service is after you've become a customer. And if it sucks in the beginning, right, no matter how good it seems or how good the pricing seems, the communication isn't there, then you're going to have a lot of nightmares. That's some very wise words. By the way, I like your optimism, but th- th- I would say the communication you get before you're a customer is probably better than the communication you're going to get after <laughs> you've given them your money. So the truth is probably, yeah, you need to absolutely dismiss people that aren't good at communicating in advance and, and you know, to judge them. They're just busy, but it's not going to help you. Talking of which then, so you, you've mentioned the location being so critical. The the one little thing I just want to follow up with that I don't really know much about the, the states and taxes and if you're doing retail arbitrage or something, just explain that a little bit more for us. So let's say you're buying items online, right? And now you're going to get them shipped to the prep center. If the prep center is, any, is in a state with their sales tax, for example, in California, depending on the city, you might be paying around on average 10% uh, sales tax versus if you're uh, in Delaware, I believe, where there's no sales tax. If you're getting items shipped to a prep center there, because the sales tax is based on the shipping address. And if you're in a state where there's no sales tax, then you're not paying any sales tax. And that just saves you the 10% or whatever you would be spending. Yeah, simple point, but but very important. And the reason I don't know this, by the way, is because I don't do online arbitrage. So it's just not ever really crossed my path as something I need to do. But it's a very, very good point. There's no point in paying more sales tax than you have to. So thank you for that. So the, the location is obviously really critical. Now, you're very generous, chap, in that you, you've got the two locations you guys have in Toronto and in LA, so well-placed. But you don't cover the whole of the US by any means. And you've actually got a download list of 200 prep centers that you're willing to share. So... How, how do we get hold of that? Yeah, definitely. So all these points I'm mentioning about a prep center, right? A lot of the people who are watching this right now or listening to this, for them, California or Toronto might not be the location they want a prep center, right? But they'll still need one. So we've prepared a prep center list of 200 plus prep centers. And it's different parties all the way from the there's, it includes from UK to Canada and the States from pretty much every state. Because for us, it's not possible to have a prep center in each city. Ideally, we're going to have one on the west coast of Canada and 
the East Coast and also same thing in the States. But we cannot just open one in every single state. But it's good because a lot of other people have and people are doing a good job with it. So I want to share that list with your audience. And, you know, still, you can, they can hit us up. But if you can't help them, we'll definitely point them in the right direction. Great. So that's very kind of you. Uh, that list is going to be at amazingfba.com forward slash ship hype. That's S-H-I-P for ship hype, H-Y-P-E. And presumably if people do actually want to work with you guys, you obviously know what you're doing. How do they hit you up? How do they get in touch with you, Walid? If they want to contact me directly, it's walid at shiphype.com. That's my direct email. Or if they could just go to shiphype.com, check out our website, check out our pricing. It's all on the website. And yeah, that's the best way to get in touch. There's a big blue get started button on the top right. Or you could go to the link that Michael just said for the prep center. It'll lead you eventually to our website. <laughs> Great. Okay. So shiphype.com, H-Y-P-E for hype or Walid, that's W-A-L-E-E-D at shiphype.com or go nice big blue get started button. That's a very wise idea. I should do that on my site. Actually, it's nice to, to make it super clear for people who are busy, don't have much time. Walid, we're going to talk about fulfillment in the next episode. But for now, many, many thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Nice chatting with you. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective Podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.